Welcome to the Shining Light Podcast. I'm Pastor Sam. And this is Patrick, no compromise with Evil Wyatt. Patrick, I gotta ask the question, how's your shoulder doing tonight? Uh, which one? I have oh, two of them. The, yeah, the, 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 the one that uh, somebody might put like a tetanus shot into or something like that. Oh, it's doing just fine. Yeah, mine too, and you know why? Why? Because I haven't been jabbed. What about you? I've not been jabbed either. Nope, not gonna do it. But I think that's what we're going to talk about uh, tonight is vaccines and in the vaccine insanity that's going on. Um, and it's not even a vaccine. Yeah, yeah, it's not even a vaccine. Should we start there? Yeah, it's it's a shot. It's a and I'm a, a emergency use experimental gene therapy is how it started out, and uh, it still is that. And the experiment is ongoing in the population right now. So uh, the point of the matter is though. Um, I guess the question is going back to when we had COVID come on the scene, and you know we we struggled. It, this is another interesting thing. We struggled through the a year, uh, you know, and all the COVID and all that. It has a ninety nine point eight percent survivability rate. Yeah, it's it's got a ninety nine uh, point point eight ninety nine. It, it depends on which you know yeah. the, the more aged population or people with comorbidities. They have a little bit more of a problem with it, but. Um, yeah. yeah, roughly speaking, across the board, around ninety nine point eight, ninety nine point seven six, or ninety eight point ninety nine point seven six. Um, it's not like it's killing off half the population. Right. No, it's it's not even close to killing off half the population. But if, but if you're if, you know if somebody dies from it, obviously that's a pretty significant thing if it's a loved one. So yeah, and I think that is important uh, to realize that the COVID virus is real and people have died from the covid virus but but we die from influenza we die from cancer we die from heart attacks we die from all matter of things right now it's not real in the sense of what the media is making it out to be uh but something else that's not real like you mentioned is these these vaccines um because what, what is the definition of what a real vaccine is or was anyway before the covid shot came around well, there's a, an interesting article that came out from Joseph Mercolin. Mercola has been catching a lot of uh, flack um, because he's been out there in the forefront. He's an actual doctor and looking at this thing scientifically. You know, they say follow science. Yeah, let's not listen to CDC or the WHO or Dr. Fauci, Fraudy Fauci. Let's actually look at what the science says and some of what these doctors are saying. Some of these immunologists, virologists, um, people like that. You know, people that have won Nobel Prizes for virus and that sort of thing. What are they saying? So we look at those guys. But So Dr. Mercola put out an article called uh, Vaccination Status is Temporary, Boosters for Life Required. And that's pretty interesting in and of itself. But just a little clip from, from uh, what he had in there. And his articles are up for 48 hours and they come down because of all the stuff that he's been going through. So he puts them up and they come down he puts another one up. So, so what is a vaccine? In September 2021, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention shocked medical experts by changing the definition of a vaccine from, quote, a product that produces immunity, therefore protecting the body from the disease. And that's an important, can you say that one more time? Because that, that, that is important. That is going to be key to understanding this. And, and this is what, what the polio vaccine was. Quote, a product that produces immunity, therefore protecting the body from disease. So immunity means I can't get it anymore. Mm -hmm. So with the polio vaccine, when people start getting a polio vaccine, that vaccine made you immune to the actual polio virus. You you would not get polio anymore, and that's how we wiped out polio. Completely right. different than this mutating thing that also has animal reservoirs that we call COVID. Polio did not have animal reservoirs. It was in the human population only. They developed an actual vaccine from 
from dead or disabled viruses. They put those in there. Your body recognizes those viruses, and then you build an immune response to it so the actual live virus can't get to you. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about this experimental gene therapy is a spike protein, which itself is a pathogen. So the body would only recognize the spike, not the rest of the virus. So if the spike changes, it doesn't recognize any variants. And of course, it pushes towards that variant. But anyway, now we're getting in a little deep there. So I'll continue on with the... Uh, what will uh, they change it to? To the article. So to a, quote, preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune response against diseases. No. Okay. No. Stim... St- <laughs> <laughs> to stimulate the body's immune response. So instead of immunity, we're going to give you something we're going to tell you is going to simply stimulate the immune response. So does that mean a Flintstone vitamin is now considered a vaccine? I like Flintstone vitamins, but uh, when I was younger. You, you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, the actual virus will stimulate immune response, provided you're one of the majority of people that survive it. And you have natural immunity, Right. And you have natural immunity to the whole virus, not just the spike part of it. So if the spike changes, your body, it, so it's going to be a slight variation, 97.7% of what the original virus was. Mm-hmm. Your immune response is going to recognize it, knock that thing out when it comes around again. So these variant ideas, not really happening. Not, not for natural immunity. Now, when your immune system has been compromised by the spike protein mm-hmm. that they're shooting in your arm, then you got a problem because it's suppressing the immune system. And the more shots you take, the worse that gets. And that's what the science is telling us, that the science is being suppressed. Now, you'd figure in, a, in a, a free speech society, we'd want to hear all sides of an issue so we could make an informed, consensual decision, right? We Informed consent is what we talk about. Yeah, but I don't know that we have so much of a free speech society. No, I mean, in principle we do, but we have active censorship by the yeah. press, major press, social media platforms. The stuff we're talking about right now, CM, is not going to be... Um, real popular with with certain places. No, no, in fact, actually, we'll probably. Um, well, I don't know if we'll get censored or not. We, we'll we'll probably get censored on Facebook. My guess would be from this one. Uh, but funny enough, uh, Apple Podcasts hasn't been censoring things. Is what I've heard, which is nice and good. Um, but you can always find this stuff on the shininglightministries.com. Once again, that's the shininglightministries.com. Uh, .com. And you need to go and check this out because there's going to be a whole lot more stuff that we're talking about that is so vital for you to hear, not because we're so great, but because we try to stick to the truth and of the truth specifically of God's Word. And so once again, that's theshininglightministries.com. Now, you're talking about this natural immunity, and you're really good to talk about this because you've got a lot of experience with with pharmaceuticals, with with even some medical stuff uh, like that. And and this is a little bit different. This isn't anything else that people are hearing probably on the news. For sure, you're not hearing it on the news. Definitely not on the news. Yeah, in, in other places. So can, can you explain really how this natural immunity works um, w- with keeping this? Because, I mean, there's this huge... Uh, push and scare about the uh, the Delta variant and in 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 other variants too that they're talking about. Uh, and, and could you address number one, where do variants come from? And the second thing is, uh, where? Well, maybe how covered are we? And I'm thinking specifically with the 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 SARS virus in relation to COVID because that's an interesting concept too. But but the first one there is. Um, where do variants come from? So I'm trying to pronounce his name correctly. Luke Montague, I believe, is how he pronounces it. He's a his French... parents should have named him something like Sam Jones. Well, he was French, so or he is French. He's still French. So... 
<laughs> he won the Nobel Peace Prize to or not Peace Prize Nobel Prize 2008 uh, for HIV search on the virus and that's uh, figuring out where that virus came from. So Montagura said in a, in a pandemic you never want to vaccinate even if you have a vaccine. This is not a vaccine, but you don't want to be doing that because what it inevitably does is it causes variants to come up, and the variants sometimes can be more um, problem causing than the original version. Wait a minute. Wait the, a minute. The, the vaccines cause variants? Because I'm pretty sure that that's not what I've been hearing on the news. Yeah, that's, they do. See, so a normal vaccine, or a normal virus, I should say, when they come out, they can come out and be fairly lethal at the start, but the, the general progression of the disease or the virus as it mutates, and a mutated virus, they tend to go to less lethal strains. Now, what Montague and some other scientists have said is you never vaccinate during an outbreak because that now forces the virus for survival purposes to actually um, mutate when it's strong, mutate to a stronger version. So it can actually cause problems. And, and especially in this case where you have a shot that's not a vaccine that's, that's causing a weakened immune response. A lot of what you're hearing today as far as uh, viral outbreaks and, and Delta variant outbreaks, I'm suspecting are not being caused by so-called variants. This is a natural reaction to what these shots are doing to people's immune system. It's the shots themselves are making people sick, but they don't want to, to let the game go, so to speak. So they're going to blame it on unvaccinated people and variants, when in fact it's the vaccinated people. They're the bulk of the people. They're having real bad problems with this stuff. And it's really interesting that they talk about what they promised when the vaccine or the shot. I keep calling it vaccine because that's what we commonly... I need yep. to get away from that because that's not what it is. When the shot first came out, Sam, if you take the shot, then it, it'll help you not get the virus. You won't spread the virus. You won't get sick of the virus. You won't die from the virus. You won't have to wear a mask anymore. won't have to wear a mask. Life can return to normal. Let's give it a two-week shot. Here we are. How many months later? We're yeah. still talking about you should be wearing a mask. Oh, now two shots are not enough. Now you need a booster shot. That's not enough. Booster shots into infinity is what this is going to call for. Well, the shot's affecting Ms. Wayne's after three months. So what does that tell you? In three months, you need what? Another shot? Yeah. It, it, you well, want to do this the rest of your life? Yeah. It, it'd be never ending. And, and that's, that's their intention, too, because... It, there's control when it comes to uh, when it comes to a shot. Uh, when it comes to the shot, they're they're controlling your life because certain people have privileges to go and to do this or to go and to do that, and other people don't have privileges uh, to go and to do this or go and do that. Especially in in, in the more liberal areas. Um, right now, where we are in Iowa, uh, you might go to a store and they might say, you know, if you're uh, unvaccinated, uh, you have to wear a mask, and if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. But the reality of it is, is I don't wear a mask anyway. And, uh, and they just do say that in the stores, um, but it's on the honor system, I guess, or that you're going to pay attention to what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, it, and there's nothing to enforce it or whatnot. But there are places, of course, like in California right now, that they're they're implementing the vaccine passports and in things like that. That really reminds me of a system that's coming in, or that was talked about coming in, of the Antichrist, a control system where none might buy or sell without the mark. So we're not saying that this is the mark of the beast. It's certainly not the mark of the beast. No. But it is installing the system to putting that sort of power in place where uh, government or business or the combination of two, which we know is fascism, a, a merger of corporate and government interest, mm -hmm. um, that sort of a system where if you don't comply with whatever their mandate in the future would be, once they install it, where everything's hooked in, where they can shut you off, where you can't have a job, you can't travel, you can't pay for this, you can't go to a store... That system we're seeing actually coming in with this hysteria that's going on right now. 
Right, and and clearly these vaccines are much more about control than they are about fighting the virus because what does a vaccine protect? They're not vaccines. I need to correct myself because because uh, you're right. These aren't vaccines, and so I should be calling it the shot or the jab. Uh, what is this this shot protecting people from today? Well, see, that's the, the really funny thing about it. People that are fully, quote, vaccinated are concerned that people that haven't taken the shot are going to make them sick. Now, let's talk about asymptomatic um, virus transfer first. So you're saying that if you're vaccinated and I'm not, and I have no symptoms of, of a disease or sickness, that somehow I have enough viral load in me to make you sick, yet it's not enough to make me sick. Now, that's... That's not really looking at reality. Number two, you're the one that's vaccinated. Aren't you supposed to be, you know, uh, resistant to somebody like me giving it to you? But the truth of the matter is you were told that was going to be the case. Mm -hmm. But people have taken this shot. Now they come to find out that not only can they still get sick again, they can be hospitalized and they can die from it because this is happening right now. But they're told, so, so they're changing the story on you, right? They lied to you about the other thing. Now they're changing the story. Well, but, but it'll make your symptoms not so severe. Well, wait a minute. There's still people that taking the shot that still go to the hospital, get sick, and die. Is there something less I mean, so what going to be more severe than death? What? I mean, so there's something more severe than death? Well, there is. It's called the lake of fire, but that's not what they're referring to. Yeah, that's a lot more severe, actually. Uh, yeah, but uh, it, see, this is the thing that I, I kind of laugh about because the whole—not the lake of fire. That's a serious issue. Yeah. Um, the— <clears throat> What they sold this vaccine as to the public initially was that you would go in, if you got the vaccine, I need to call it the vaccine, the shot, you would go and protect those who are un-quote-unquote vaccinated, who haven't gotten the shot, if you got to a certain percentage. And they were talking about, yes, it's 70%. Now, we haven't reached 70%. I, I, I do recognize that. Um, but there are nations that have reached 90-some percent. And these are nations that have severe viral outbreaks. They're calling it a Delta variant, which is really funny. They're saying, oh, yeah, there's a Delta outbreak of the virus. Ask somebody or look it up. Is there a test that distinguishes between whatever COVID variant and a Delta variant? And the answer is no. Yet they're telling you there's this Delta variant outbreak when there's no test that says this is Delta variant. Again, how many times do we have to get lied to by these people? To start thinking, well, maybe they're not being forthright with us. Well, do you know the difference between uh, COVID um, normal and COVID delta? No. Yeah, so it's it's when you get COVID on a plane, I believe, is... Uh, on a delta, uh, the, the delta, yeah. Unless you're flying American yeah. or United, but... Um, yeah, so, yeah, it wasn't a very good joke, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's go to the second uh, paragraph here. So we're talking about the, the changes between the definition of immunity. The key change is that a vaccine no longer produces immunity, so it no longer protects you against the disease. It only stimulates an immune response against a given disease. This definition was obviously contrived to describe the limited function of the COVID-19 gene therapy, that's what it is, mm -hmm. injections, which do not make you immune and can't prevent you from getting or spreading the infection. So when people are worried about getting the uh, infection so much from the so-called unvaccinated, when in fact... We know that you can spread it if you've taken a shot from person to person. So while all the focus is on the people that haven't taken a shot, somehow your shot's less effective because I haven't taken it. That's flat out silly. Oh, it, by any definition of a vaccine in use before 2021, the COVID shot is not a vaccine. 
That's a key thing to think of. Right. I'm reading again from the article. At best, the shot will reduce your symptoms. And that's not even proven. I mean, by what standard? How do you prove that? This also means they cannot ever produce herd immunity. And I hate that word, herd immunity, in what other context are rather than humans called herd or animals, like cattle, right? Right. You inoculate cattle because you own them. You can do with them what you want. They've got us talking about herd immunity. I'm I'm not a a herd animal. I'm a human. I'm created in God's image. Right. Well, and that really does go and show a little bit of their worldview. How much do they care about the population of people? They don't. The the powers that be, um, they believe that we're nothing more than just animals. And and that's why they're acting in these kind of ways and expecting uh, when they say jump um, that we say how high. Uh, That's why there is that expectation there. Going on, it says this, despite the redefinition of herd immunity from being something produced as a result of natural infection to something resulting from mass vaccination. So, so not only do they change the definition of, which I didn't realize this, of, of what a vaccine is, but they also change the definition of, of herd immunity, yeah. uh, which, like you said, I, I don't necessarily like that term, but I don't know a better term to use. You can say this. population immunity. Yeah, that population would be a better immunity. word. Yeah. Uh, now, I didn't realize that they changed that definition either. They have to change these definitions because by classic definitions, the actual definition is the word, this stuff doesn't fit it. So they don't want to tell you like, hey, Sam, I want to give you a uh, experimental gene therapy. Nobody wants to take an experimental gene therapy. On your forms, if you take the, took the shot, that's what they told you, this experimental gene therapy or an experimental drug under emergency use authorization. That's supposed to be the disclosure. It, a lot of people didn't understand what that meant, so they just said, okay, yeah, I'll give it to me. Because they were so scared by all these scare tactics that you got to do it to save yourself, save your family, save grandma. Um, it's the it's the loving thing to do. You hear churches talking about that. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. the loving thing to do. Use the brain that God gave you. Right. Look and, at this. It, it, it not only do they uh, mandate uh, th- this and that idea and going and telling you, oh, it's the it, it's the loving thing to do, which of course it's not very loving to to go and to not actually produce herd immunity, to not actually go and and uh, damage your own um, your own self, but also. The vaccine or, or the shot, it, it actually makes you a super spreader, at least for a time. Yeah, you can have a, a much higher viral load before you actually start showing symptoms due to a delayed effect that the, the shot causes. So that's exactly what's been happening. And well, there's been cases where 100% of population, say, aboard an, an aircraft carrier, British aircraft carrier, the entire crew was vaccinated. And they had this viral outbreak of COVID. Now... If you can't spread it among, there's nobody there unvaccinated, so to speak, to give it to you. It obviously was spreading from people that taken a shot to people taking a shot. And again, with reduced immune function, that's not surprising. You don't have immunity to it. It's the, the spike protein itself is a pathogen. It causes damage in and of itself. It gets in the bloodstream. It does not stay in the deltoid muscle. It gets in the bloodstream, circulates throughout the body for an indeterminate amount of time now doing its damage right? You're having blood clots, you're having heart attacks, you're having strokes, you're having neurologic effects, you're having all kinds of things going on. You're having gastrointestinal problems, and some of these are fatal. So this is the short-term acute effect of this shot. As you keep compounding with all the needed boosters, as these things, what is the long-term effect? And absolutely they can't tell you that. What does it look like two years, five years down the road? They can't tell you. They don't know. 
Right. And, and who has the liability for these things going wrong right now? Who, who has this liability upon them? You can't sue them. You can't sue government. You can't sue them. I, I believe in Oklahoma they're wanting to put a bill through the legislature that you could sue your company if they mandate and force you into getting the shot and you took that shot and you have adverse reactions after that. Now, the company can be held uh, liable, which this was talked about at the very beginning when they were doing this sort of thing, how foolish it would be for a company to tell you as an employee you have to take mandatorily an experimental gene therapy under emergency use authorization. Yeah. If you did that and you got problems, they're looking at a legal way for you to get... Uh, get compensated, which I think is the right thing to do. Yep. Companies should not have been so... Their legal counsel should have told them that's not wise. Now, <clears throat> speaking of Oklahoma, because this is this is something that's really big too. I, you, you know, we need to praise people uh, where when praise is due, or the Bible says, honor those whom honor is due. Um, have you heard about, in, and I'm going to say you know, we need to praise people, and I can't remember the guy's name, um, the, the general that just got put in charge of the Oklahoma National Guard... Well, Governor Stitt put this gentleman in. It starts with an M. I don't remember his name right off the top, but right. yeah. Uh, he, and so basically the, the whole idea was so that they replaced the general within the National Guard in order to go and to uh, say that we're not mandating uh, within the Oklahoma Our National Oklahoma Guard. Oklahoma National Guard do not have to take the shot, which here's the interesting thing too. The Chinese and the Russians... Our, our competitors, right? Our, our enemies, yeah, they're our they're biggest uh, enemies, so to say. They're not having their their people taking mRNA experimental gene therapy. They're not doing that to their military. We are foolish enough to do it to ours in a population of, of healthy younger people. I think if you want to put all the people they say have died from the virus, it's like twenty nine people in the military, over one point two million people. 29 have died. Now you want to put everybody's health at risk by forcing them to take this jab. And a lot of those guys aren't dumb enough to do it. Oh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, you, you I, got duped not. into doing it, right? Yeah, people have got duped into doing it. And they, they believe the wrong people. But at this point, where they, the evidence is out there, I know those people have taken a shot and they, they don't want to believe that they've done something harmful to themselves. And I understand that. You know, it, but the fact of the matter is, take a look at what's going on. Right. And it, it, now let me also go and say, because this has been a trend. Uh, I don't know how much of a trend this has been, because this is from uh, the, the mainstream media. I've been seeing this being put out quite a bit. And that is that people are trying to like drink bleach afterwards to neutralize oh, the, that, the vaccine. Do yeah, don't do I, I don't, that. I, that might be propaganda. I've, I've never heard of anybody doing that uh, or seen anybody doing that. I'm not saying that they haven't. So I'm not saying that this is for sure propaganda, but, but let me go and, and just say, if you've gotten the vaccine, don't get so scared that you go and do something even more dumb. Don't don't also the booster that they will booster you to infinity if if you allow mm -hmm. them to do it. Well, what was the the name of this article that we that you're reading? It's it's vaccination status is temporary, boosters for life required. Yeah, and uh, you keep pumping this stuff in. It, it's you know it's kind of like. If you if you take something that's an actual vaccine like the polio, and you don't get polio, we we rid ourselves of polio. Same with smallpox back in the day. So we're not anti-vax, so to speak. No. But we're we're anti-shots that are being called a vax that are not vaxes. They're not vaccines. Right. And we're against mandates because we we, we believe that uh, God gave us the the self-government. Uh, you know, to be self-controlled to go and to do that. Well, Jesus said, "Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's." Caesar or government or my business or whomever doesn't own my body. That's right. They don't own my health. 
And, and that leads me to another thing. They're talking about, well, you can put in for exemptions. In the state of Iowa, the state legislature passed a law that if you put in for an exemption, you get that exemption. Mm -hmm. But they, they would tell you in other places, well, it has to be a sincerely held religious belief. Well, number one, we're just talking about I'm not property of anybody. I, I bow knee only to the Lord. Amen. So they don't have the authority. We're not a dictatorship. Under our constitutional form of government, they don't have the authority to tell me what I have to put in my body. You know, it's not an emergency. They've declared an emergency, again, for a 99.8% survivable illness. I mean, we have more people dying of heart attacks in this country every year. Are we going to mandate people have to eat food and go to the gym every day? No, they're not doing that yet. They might try to get to that. But that's the whole point here. But they tell us in a, in a religious exemption that it has to be a sincerely held religious belief. Okay, I understand that. But it can't be moral, philosophical, scientific, and it can't be... I'm like, you don't think it's effective. Well, Pastor Sam, are you a Christian in like a, a small part of your life? No, it, I, I'm a Christian, uh, hopefully, in every part of my life. So you're saying your whole worldview is centered through your Christian faith. As you see the world and as you bring in information, it's all filtered through that lens of your Christian faith. Is that correct? That's correct. So your philosophical worldview is what? Is it something different than your Christian faith? No, it's, it's founded on my Christian faith. Okay. Well, what about your ideas of science and health and morals? And isn't that also part of your Christian faith? Yeah. You, you know, I remember uh, in the movie, have you ever seen Time Changers? I don't think so. So, so it's, a, it's a Christian movie. Um, and the, the premise is, is that this uh, professor, wow, words are difficult sometimes. Uh, this okay. professor who, who is was teaching and this is like set in the 1800s uh, maybe early 1900s and, and he goes and, and is saying that we need to go into still te teach the truth but divorce it from the bible basically teach the truth of the bible but but not do this because we need to be more open and accepting uh towards secular point of view and this is a, a christian guy who's going and saying this wow. uh and there was of course you know the, the, it's a sci-fi movie um a a colleague of his who had built a time machine and he goes and he tricks him into going forward into time and he's going and he gets to see our society our modern day society and he sees the errors of the way but one of the things that he gets to go do is address a uh like a junior high or high school science class and he gets up and he says says one thing we need to remember and this is the guy who's trying to say you know uh, take away the, the name of jesus take away the ideas of jesus from this stuff and he goes and he says he says, one thing we need to remember is that when science conflicts with uh, uh, the Word of God, we always trust the Word of God and know that science is wrong. And the teacher, who is also a Christian who he met on the street, goes and stops him and says, you can't say things like that. You know, that was really what opened his eyes. Um, the Bible is my science textbook, ultimately. And it is, of course, my moral compass. Well... The, the, the way they try to box you in on religious exemptions, what you can't say, is to say that basically you can't be a thinking person. It has to be some sort of uh, ethereal or mysterious religious belief that I don't think about this stuff. It just comes to me. It, but as a Christian in, in, and as a father, it's your duty to look out for your children, your wife, and yourself, mm -hmm. right? Your health. So my Christian faith says if, if I look at something... I'm, I'm, I'm going to render into Caesar's what's Caesar's, but into God's what's God's. I belong to God as a Christian. That's right. We all will ultimately stand before God. He owns our souls. He lets us do with our lives what we want, but we will stand accountable to him. Mm -hmm. So our souls are his. So 
everything in my like you were saying, everything in my life stems from my Christian worldview, my faith. You can't say, well, it can't be a moral or it can't be I don't believe the science works. Why not? The science doesn't work. In in my opinion, after looking at all this stuff, as a Christian, I'm allowed to think. Yeah. I I mean that's why I'm a Christian. I've thought about what the Bible says and I've you know, and I've I believe what the Bible says. And, and not only that but what they go and they do then is they say, it can't have any of these things in it. And then they go and they ask you questions that point back to those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, one of the big things that companies are doing now is they're putting out these questionnaires to go along with your religious exemption. Most most companies today, you can't just write a letter. You have to answer a bajillion and four questions. And, uh, it, and they're trick questions trying to stump you. And they're going and they're asking like... Um, well, like, well, when did when did this uh, this belief come about, and and exactly what part of your religion do vaccines go against? Well, well, now hold on here. I thought it was just supposed to be that I'm supposed to say I sincerely believe this. Yeah. So they're they're trying to get you to justify something that it's not the it's not incumbent upon you to justify to them to get them to believe like you do. It's my sincerely held religious belief, whether you believe it or not. Whether you put any validity or not, I do. Right. Now, as far as that goes, too, we were just talking before we went on air. If it's a sincerely held religious belief, that's what you you should be able to proudly speak that. If for the first time now my company or whomever is asking me about my Christian faith, I'm more than happy to tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right. And what he's done for me. If that's what you want to hear, I'm, I'm happy to. This gives us a chance, Christians, to go out there and proclaim the truth of the Bible to people. Or, But but it's not just Christian faith, right? If you're a Muslim or whatever, if it's a sincerely held religious belief, if you're an atheist, in effect, that is a what you believe. Yep. So is it sincerely held? It, yeah. Yeah. Now, now, one of the neat things about this, and, and I want you to hear this opportunity that you have. Because if your work is going and requiring you to, to get the jab, uh, with unless you put a religious exemption in there and then they have you fill this out, they're probably going to ask you, almost all of them ask this question, when did you accept uh, your religion? <laughs> and something to that effect. Uh, what they're asking is, what's your testimony? You know, testimonies are powerful. God gives you a unique testimony. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's what it's talking about, testimony. And you get to go and share the gospel with other people. They're asking you to go and to do that. They're asking you. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm looking at the time here. We're right about 30 minutes. Um, you know, Patrick, w- would you want to just give uh, just your, your quick testimony? You did this um, just, what was that, two weeks ago at the uh, Pi Fellowship? It's been two weeks already. Uh-oh. No, maybe it's only been a week. Okay. Maybe yeah. it's only been a... Yeah, about a week, I guess. Maybe, has it not even been a week? No, no it's been, it was last Saturday. Yeah, it was last... It hasn't even been a week. Okay. So I've been in a pie coma all week. Um, <laughs> but, but would you want to tell your testimony again? Put yeah. you on the spot here. Yeah, so I grew up in a, in a Christian home where my parents took me to church. They didn't send me to church, and that's important because children emulate their parents. If it's not important enough... Uh, for your parents to go to church, but they think it is for you, you're kind of wondering why mom and dad are staying home. So a good lesson for parents, take your kids to church and show them that that's what you believe. It's important you go to church. So I went to church, and, and uh, I one sermon was given, and, and I decided at that point that I was a sinner and uh, that I, I understood what the consequence of that was. That in and of myself, I, I was not worthy to, to go to heaven. I deserved to go to hell. So I... I 
uh, at that time believed in Jesus Christ as my Savior. Now, you like to say Lord and Savior, but I really didn't get that part of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, for years, I was certainly happy to have Jesus as my Savior, taking on himself the sins and the punishment I deserve, dying on a cross in my place, so that through him, through my belief in him and acknowledging what he did for me, I too could be saved. Of course, Christ rose from the dead and he sits at the right hand of God and he's coming again. That's pretty awesome. But through that belief, then I was a Christian. So I'm indwelt with the Holy Spirit now. And I have that as a conscience and a guide to get me through life. But I didn't really take advantage of that because I thought, well, that was it. I got my get out of hell free card. I'm a Christian now. Um, that's the end of my Christian journey. You know, I'm there. Not realizing that that's the start of your Christian journey and the start of your life in, in God and God. Christ living, dwelling in me through the Holy Spirit. So for many years, I um, was, I go to church and I, I, you know, I wouldn't do these things and I did do those things. So I tried to live by the moral code of the Bible, but my real heart and desire was to do what I wanted to do. I was out in the world and, and trying this and I had my own dreams and aspirations. And I lived like that for several years, not realizing there's this thing, not just salvation, or we call justification, but also this process called sanctification. That is being set apart for God's holy purpose, maturing in my faith, becoming more Christ-like, and seeking God's will for my life, not my own. And it took a, a, a series of, of events to finally bring me to my knees and make me understand that everything I was trying in life was ended up blowing up my face. And I didn't have peace, and I didn't have comfort, and I didn't have joy. I'd be happy sometimes, but I was restless, and I didn't have really a purpose other than trying to satisfy whatever I thought I wanted to do. And when God brought me to that point of understanding, I actually started reading my Bible for what it had to say rather than just out of obligation. And it started sinking in how much smaller I became and how much greater God became as my realization of who God is and what Christ did for me. Then my life became richer and, and I started, the, the restlessness went away and it brought a joy to my life regardless of circumstances and a desire to do the Lord's will, which is better than anything I could have thought of. God's way is always better than anything you're going to think of. It may not seem that way. Give it a try. You'll find out it is. And you won't have the regrets, and you won't have the other things that distract you in life. So God now is the focus of my life. Finally, I can say that he is Lord of my life. I'm not telling you I'm perfect. I'm not telling you I don't fall, because if you watch me enough, I'm like any other fallible person. I will fail you. But the beauty of that is I can confess that to God. He's forgiven me. The, the consequences of my sins are gone. The power of sin over me is gone. It still has a pull, but I can resist that pull. Whereas before, before you're saved, you're really at the mercy of sin. You don't have, even if you have a strong will, you get tired and you can't do it on your own. And I think that's still a thing as Christians that we take on sometimes too much of a burden, try to do things of our own strength. And Christ, God is standing there saying, give it to me. I can, I can carry it all day long. You're being ground in the dirt by this. Give it to me. Amen. You know, I'm I'm reminded uh, when you say that of of the example prayer. Uh, many people call it the Lord's prayer, but we we, we probably should call it more the example yeah. prayer. Uh, and, and one of the things that that Jesus told us to pray was to be led not into temptation. Uh, and and that idea of being led not to temptation was not oh uh, God don't lead me into temptation because God doesn't tempt us, so He doesn't no. lead us into temptation in that sense. What it's saying is is that it's praying that we would stay close to him so as we're close to him we're not walking into temptation because when we walk away from god when we start to get distracted that's when we go and we fall into temptation and i was just thinking about that when you were saying that that we get weak and we get tired and things like that and it's true we do and that's why we have to stay right next 
to the source, which is Jesus Christ. Our strength, our shield, our fortress. Amen. So, I mean, so in conclusion, you know, if we, uh, you know, my faith says, you know, it's a sincerely held belief not to get the shy prayed about it. It's not right. It's for bad purposes. I'm not going to get the shot. So there might be consequences for that, right, Pastor Sam? Yep. There's always been consequences for Christians in the faith. We've had a relatively easy life in this country. Yeah, I know. Other know. parts of the world are not having an easy life being a Christian. It can cost you your life. If this one costs you your job or whatever, our faith in God says, okay, Lord, I'm putting my complete faith and trust in you. If I don't supposed to get this shot, whatever it costs me, I'm not going to get this shot. That's and right. I believe you will provide, and if you don't, you will give me the grace to endure whatever I have to endure. That's right. There's and, my faith. And that's what our faith is, uh, and it needs to be. And, you know, I don't know any Christian who's been fed to a lion, but there was a point in time when there wasn't a Christian who walked the earth who didn't know a Christian who had been fed by fed to a lion. I've been to the Roman Colosseum where that took place. It's, wow. Uh, I, I bet that was kind of... Kind of, yeah, surreal, knowing what took place in that arena. Christians, they, mm-hmm. they were put down there for the entertainment of the crowd to be killed yeah. and devoured by wild animals and killed in gladiatorial combat. That's that's the blood of our faith. It, it is. And, and, and so we need to remember that. We need to remember those who came before us. But ultimately, we need to remember Jesus Christ and what he's done for us upon the cross. It's his blood. It's his blood. That's yeah. right. And uh, remember to put your faith fully in Jesus Christ because it's Christ and Christ alone that saves. For the Shining Light Podcast, I'm Pastor Sam. And this is Patrick, no compromise with Evil Wyatt. Have a great day.